BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to this episode of the Lifehacker podcast. It is May 30th, and this week we are talking about Windows 8.1 and the return of the start button. Putting together a do-anything home server with FreeNAS 8 and healthy habits you'll kick yourself for ignoring now. We're also answering your questions about sharing your personal trade secrets with someone in your field, what to do about crazy micromanaging bosses, and how to make an underwhelming job more interesting and challenging. And as always, we'll be going through our favorite tips and downloads of the week, so let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I am Whitson Gordon. I'm Adam Dachis. And with us, we have Thorin Klasowski joining us via Google Hangouts. Hey guys. Before we go into anything, I wanted to share a, a correction I had from last week, um, which is that we were talking about Google Google's new Hangouts app and um, the new that how it's kind of getting rid of XMPP support. And that's only partially true. We kind of finally figured out that what it is is... Um, with Google Talk, you used to be able to talk to people on other XMPP servers or other other Jabber servers that they've created. You can't do that anymore, but you can still access Google Talk from Pigeon and Adium. That's staying in place, at least for now. So if you're just, and you, and you can only chat with other Google Talk users. So that's not something that affects a ton of people, but um, that's just a little bit of clarification for, for those of us that, like us, were kind of confused by the whole situation because mm-hmm. Google wasn't very clear about we that. We spent a long time trying to figure that out. We were at When Google, we were at I.O. and, and I was trying to ask people questions and they were not answering them very well and then they were like, go to this session and then it was over. So anyway, that's the situation with that. It's but, been solved. more interesting, let's jump into Windows 8.1, which is something we haven't talked about a lot at Lifehacker yet, even though there have been a lot of rumors and hearsay and leaked builds and stuff on the subject, and we've been kind of waiting for something official that we could actually tell you guys, and now we have it. Today, Microsoft um, had a big blog post about all of the stuff that's coming up in Windows 8.1, which is the kind of next minor update to Windows 8. Uh, it has a lot of new features, but most of them are kind of metro, air quotes, metro and like touch-based. So, you know, you have be- more personalization on the lock screen and on the apps screen. Um, it's got some SkyDrive integration. All of the bundled apps have been updated. The new weather tile looks really nice. It's a lot of stuff like that. But there were two things that caught a lot of people's attention. One being they're bringing back the start button. They're not bringing back the start menu, though. Just the start button and the taskbar. When you click on it, it just takes you to the start screen. They're also bringing in the ability to boot straight to the desktop when you start up your computer instead of being pushed to the start screen. So these are two things that people are getting all fired up about, but don't actually really matter probably to a single person listening to the show because if you're listening to the show, you've probably already installed your own start menu and you've probably already found one of the many ways to boot straight to the desktop so you won't care 
But it is what it is. It's coming out in, I think, oh no, sorry, June. At the end of June, they're going to have a preview that we can all download. So you can download the preview and check it out and we'll be covering, you know, we'll be doing a more in-depth look then. And uh, when it comes out, it's going to be free. The update is free and it will update through the, just the Windows App Store. I have a, okay, so... Is this going to be the first time Microsoft releases a new version of their operating system and you don't have to That isn't completely... $100. <laughs> no, that you don't have to install from scratch every time, like well, the preview. Well, you have to do a clean install to install the preview. You're like going to probably do. have to do a clean install to... Oh, well, I don't know. I, I assume you're going to have to do a clean install to install the preview. I don't... An update from the preview? I don't know if you're going to be able to... I see, I don't know the answer to any of these questions. I'm just I, assuming because that's how the betas have been in the past. The, the thing about... the thing is, want to know Microsoft. The thing is, this <laughs> is kind of unprecedented for Microsoft in the sense that they've never really had an update like this before. Yeah. Every other update they've had has been a major update to the system. Windows 7, Windows 8, Windows Vista. This is more of an incremental update that you download straight from the store. It's free. It, it adds some new features, but it's not a full-blown new version. Um, so it's just... Something we haven't really seen before, so I have no idea how they're going to handle that. But that's a good question. It's nice to see, though, that they are finally considering OS updates as something other than a fixed point in time. Yeah. I feel like that has always been a problem for Microsoft, whereas everyone else has moved past that. Yeah, well, and, so. that's, and that's one of the things that people always complain, like, oh, you guys write more, so much more about Apple than you do about Windows or whatever. And it's like part of it is mm-hmm. Apple updates their operating system, what, once a year, once every two years? Yeah, Windows get, updates yeah. every five years? Speaking like when of they, which, when they don't add any new features, we don't have any new features to talk about. It sounds like we are going to be getting an, uh, news about OS ten. A lot of people were saying there's at WWDC. Be, yeah, a lot of people were saying it's just going to be iOS seven because it's, um, you know, that's they focused all their energy into that because they were trying to get it out for WWDC. Okay. Um, but at uh, at the All Things D conference, Tim Cook was talking with Walt Mossberg and Kara Swisher and was saying that they're going to be unveiling the new things in OS 10. But also, I just want to say this because I, I care about this, and I think everyone else who uses iOS cares about this. Uh, he, he, there were, as usual, there were no specifics, but they're planning on opening up iOS 7 more. So Interesting. <laughs> there will not be lock screen widgets. That was that was confirmed. <laughs> Whatever. But, but, yeah, but I'm, maybe we'll be able to choose default the default apps. apps. Man, if that happens, I might switch yeah. back to the iPhone. That's going to be really That's my condition. I'm, yeah. My switch to Android, as much as I've been enjoying it, has been mostly a tantrum. <laughs> Mine was default so. apps, but also priority inbox. I'll really miss priority inbox if I switch back. That might keep me on Android for a while, but man, default apps, that'd be killer. Yeah. And well, Thorin is just going to stay on iOS, no matter what happens. Yeah, I have to. I'm the only one here. It's true. For now. You're the, only, you're the only staff member we have that uses iOS, so now you're forced to stick with it. <laughs> so, well, well, well. So, there is some Windows Google, and Mac news. Yeah, but there's some, there's some uh, Google and iOS intersection news, too. Oh, yeah. Thorne, you had that, right? Yeah. So, the Google's Play, what is it called? Uh, all Access. Music All Access is coming to iOS sometime soon. They didn't give a real date, um, as Google tends not to do. But so that's being worked on. So the streaming service, Google streaming service, will be on iOS shortly. And for now, you can download G Music in the iOS App Store, which happened to sneak in all access access <laughs> um, in a uh, in an unofficial app that probably will get pulled 
any day now, but if you're stuck with all <laughs> access, that's that's the way to get it right now. Yeah, um, and G oh. Music has been around for a while. Yeah, it's They've pretty been, good. The Go- yeah, it's a pretty good Google Music app for iOS, but the all access thing, Google has said that they don't want third party people using that, I guess. And so, and well, they were saying they that said- they would contact app stores and have it pulled if they saw it. I don't yeah. understand how they got how G Music accomplished this because if Google didn't want people to use it, why not just prevent that? Well, there's, all, there's, I mean, weird... there's always ways to work around that stuff. Yeah. There's no official API, but it's still. It Sorry, what, Thorin? They kind of had a weird quote about it too, mostly saying like, you know, we haven't released the API for this, so however you do it, it's going to be really hacky. So you might also just not want it because it's junky for someone else to be working it in or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't used it, so yeah. Um, but yeah, cool. So that's that. iOS, and this is, is this the first time we'll have an official Google Music yeah. app for iOS? Yes. Because right now which we is, just have a web yeah. app, right? That, yeah, which makes it, makes the idea of switching to an iPhone again someday more appealing for me. Do you use Google Music? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Google, Google Music, I love Google Music. I don't, um, I, like, I'd rather have Google Music as my streaming option and then sync, like, the tracks I listen to frequently with my phone. Yeah. Um, and having Google Music on an iPhone would solve the problem yeah. of not having a decent streaming solution because I just G Music isn't good enough for you. It doesn't work perfectly, or it. Ha- I mean, it, it looks like it's gotten a lot better. The design, especially after I saw the update, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, this looks way better than I remembered. Um, but the, uh, I mean, because I haven't had an opportunity to use it in a long time. But the, uh, but but with the iTunes Match is just it's not sufficient, and so. Uh, and so actually using Google Music for real with a Google-sanctioned app that I assume will work, uh, as well as the Android one, since I tend to prefer the Google Maps on iOS as opposed to Android. Really? Yeah, because it's just all contained in one thing. Yeah. And the navigation thing I is I feel like separated. there are certain things that don't work as well. And, and sometimes, oh, I sometimes I find the, it much easier to use. I think some of the, nav- like not the navigation navigation, but the, mm-hmm. the app's usability, I guess, is not... It's a little bit. It's different in a kind of more difficult way sometimes. I find that they're both weird. They're both pretty difficult, actually. That's <laughs> yeah. very true. But I. But the iOS one at least doesn't move. Like navigation, if you to get back to your navigation, if you leave it while you're navigating or whatever, mm-hmm. or hand the phone to someone else and they want to look up something on the internet while you're driving, whatever the case may be, um, you have to go down to the the. Uh, task. What what is the drop down menu drawer? The drop, notification notification drawer. drawer. <laughs> You have to go to the notification drawer to tap on, on the to get back to the navigation. But if you open up Maps or you open up Navigation, it just resets it. Oh, which I, I find I really see, frustrating. I've never had that problem because I always open it from the notification see, drawer because it's insanely even, easier. I didn't. It is, but I didn't even know it was there. <laughs> oh, okay. For for a That's while. That's because you have about a billion icons in your notification drawer. If your phone is nearby, well, no, it puts it on hold top. it up. It puts it on top, this but guy I never has like lo- ten icons but up I had, on the top of his. I've never really had a absurd. cause to go into the notification drawer when I'm in the car. Yeah, usually, usually it's like I, I might get a call while there's while while something's going on, or I, I don't so know. You just why never encounter a situation where you'd be okay. It doesn't happen frequently, but sometimes you're at a stop sign. Anyway, also moving on in Google and <laughs> iOS news, Google Plus added their automatic photo enhancements to iOS. That's pretty much all there is to say yeah, about that. Yeah, that's not really anything. Cool beans. Okay, let's move on to our top stories. Listen, what did you do this week? Um, you mean besides my hard drive failing on Friday <laughs> and then a second hard drive accidentally getting formatted on Monday and then spending all day Monday trying to get this stupid server up and running again? I had a rough week, but... <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. But the post did turn out okay. Um, we've talked about 
free NAS and home servers quite a few times on the show and on the site. Um, for those of you that don't know, the basic idea is this. I have a kind of low power computer sitting just in a closet. Um, you can use an old computer too, though that'll draw a little bit more power and maybe be a little bit louder. The idea is that it just kind of holds all of my big file. It has all of my, you know, ripped movies. Um, it has music on it. It has all of my backups and it just shares this data to my entire network. That way I can stream all of my movies to my XBMC box in the living room, my XBMC box in the bedroom. I can back up my computers all to one central location, etc., etc. And I accomplish this with a program called FreeNAS, FreeNAS. which is a free home server utility, you know, you could go out and buy something like a Synology, which is going to give you an amazing experience, probably a better one than this, but it's going to cost a lot of money. I, I don't know if I'd agree. Well, you know, I'm not going to comment. We could, we could have a, long we could have a whole show about this, but I've heard a lot of great things about them recently. And actually, I was, someone was showing me their Synology last night, and it looks incredible. It, I think it looks better than it is sometimes. They're a, li- they're a little slow in, in my experience. So but. here's the thing about that. I will say this. It's probably easier to use than oh, FreeNAS. Yeah, for sure. In, in traditional, FreeNAS is based off FreeBSD, and much like its cousin Linux, it's a lot more complicated to use, particularly if you're kind of new to it. And I'm not new to it at this point, and it's still complicated to use. But you have a lot of freedom in how you set it up. A, it's, it's free, as in beer, as well as in speech, which means that it costs nothing for me to put this on an old computer and, and try it out. Um, and it's... What's nice about FreeNAS 8 as opposed to FreeNAS 7, which we featured in the past, is that it has this really nice plug-in system mm-hmm. that you basically set it up, you share your drives, and it's it's network-attached storage. And if that's all you want to do, that's fine. But I like to have my home server do other stuff. I like to have it download and seed all of my torrents 24-7. I like it to, you know, I can stream music to an Xbox with it over DLNA 24-7 without having to turn on my desktop to do that kind of stuff. And so you basically have all these different plugins that you can install uh, each one individually and kind of turn this network attached storage device into this full blown home server that can do whatever you want it to do essentially as long as someone's created a plugin for it. Sadly, there's no Plex plugin for it because mm-hmm. there's no Plex for FreeBSD, but that would be really nice to have. Well, um, yeah, it's it, it's. But Synology has Plex it could happen. plugins. Yeah, because they have there are Plex plugins for uh, quite a few NAS appliances. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is just someone needs to make it because it's all open source. It's a lot mm. of community based stuff, so the community needs to put it together. You know, there are Usenet plugins and stuff for like Couch Potato and Sick Beard and all that stuff. People have created plugins for those. Um, so it, that's pretty nice. It's still it's very different than. FreeNAS 7, which we featured before. If you already have a FreeNAS box and it's working, I don't recommend upgrading because you'll want to kill yourself. And you might accidentally format one of your drives like I did and lose lots of data. But if you don't have a FreeNAS box yet or if you know yours is broken and you need to set it back up, give FreeNAS 8 a shot. The, the one caveat is that it is a bit more resource-hungry. So if you have an old or low, like really low power computer, you might want to stick with FreeNAS 7, particularly if you have less than two gigabytes of RAM. FreeNAS 7, now called NAS 4 for free, um, <laughs> is you're probably going to want to stick with that because FreeNAS 8 is a little bit more resource hungry, a little bit meant for more modern home servers. But I generally recommend people build their own server anyway. It's really nice to turn an old computer into a server. But it's going to be louder. It's going to draw more power. It's just it's 
I think it's good for kind of starting out and like seeing if this is something you want to do. And then when you realize that it's the greatest computer you've ever put together for your household, you can then spend a, you know, a couple hundred bucks just to build a cheap. I literally, for my home server, just went to Fry's and bought the cheapest parts I could possibly find. The guy at the counter actually laughed out loud at me when I told him what processor I wanted. <laughs> I remember that. He, yeah, Dodge just he was there. He argued with you. He did. I was Because it was the only one left in the store, and it was like open box. I was like, score, $30 for a processor. It was just like some old AMD Sempron. He was like, no, you don't want that, man. I was like, yes, I do. And it has been awesome. I think I built the whole thing for like under 300 bucks. So... Anyway, I think you're the first person to be pr- proud of a Sempron, but <laughs> I am. And I didn't realize I didn't realize until like yesterday that it's actually a 64 bit processor and oh, I've been using 32 bit nice. this whole time. Oops. Anyway, so that was my experience. That was my really long winded experience about that. Anyway, there's a whole guy. That's what I really meant to say. There's a guide on Lifehacker. Go check it out if you want to do something similar. There's videos and everything. All right, let's move on. Uh, Thorin. You lamented the fact that you were an irresponsible 20-year-old. Yeah, I sure did. Maybe teenager too, I guess. Um, So yeah, I was kind of thinking about the things that we, a lot of us do in our 20s that are just dumb and they damage our health in the future. So things like not taking care of your hearing when you're at concerts, um, you know, or listening to music on your headphones way too loud, which as I found out a few years ago, totally causes tinnitus, which is a nice ringing <laughs> in your ears all the time. Um, so all you really have to do to correct for that is, you know, wear earplugs, turn the music down. It's really not that hard. It doesn't cost you any money. You protect your health for a long time. Um, and so then there's other things that we all kind of do, or are kind of dumb about, or a lot of us are dumb about, I should say. Um, things like not wearing sunscreen or protecting your skin in general when you're out in the sun all the time. And a big problem with sunscreen is relying on sunscreen too much as well, thinking it's, you know, a real protective barrier when it's just kind of a, you know. Rather than limiting your sun exposure entirely. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of sunscreens are bad, aren't they? Yeah. um, There's The discussion on that is is still ongoing um, (laughs) and... I mean, if you go to like you know the Times and the Wall Street Journal, both just had articles recently about how bad the FDA is at regulating sunscreen and what actually works and what doesn't and what's causing problems. And so the moral of the story is there's certain sunscreens that are okay, we know are okay. Um, that's you want UVA and UVB protection, and from there, just kind of limit your sun exposure. Wear sleeves when you can. Wear a hat. You know. All that kind of stuff. It's a very abstinence-only approach to sun exposure, but in this case, <laughs> yeah. I think it's applicable in the sense that the best protection is limiting your exposure in the first place. Or mm-hmm. you can just look like a really cool human ghost and put zinc oxide <laughs> all over your body. <laughs> yeah, zinc oxide yep. is some good stuff. Although they have clear zinc oxide now. So. Do they? Mm-hmm. Oh. It's not as effective, but you I mean you have to reapply it just like like sunscreen but it's an improvement. Yeah. Mm. So but so basically the idea is that you there are these health things that you are really really easy and really really cheap to do but you'll kick yourself yep. for not doing them later. Yeah. Um, super so most of them are free in fact. You just need it's the little things you don't care about. So we always talk about like diet and exercise and that kind of stuff. We kind of forget about the rest of the working parts, you know, how these other things yeah. affect long-term health in general. Speaking as someone who listens to way too much really loud music and yep. goes to way too many concerts without mm-hmm. wearing earplugs, you? I think I'm going to try taking some of this advice. 
I actually bought some earplugs the other day because you were writing about this and I'm going to a concert. And so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna actually wear earplugs in my first concert and see how that goes. There are, can I recommend an earplug? Yeah, I already <laughs> bought these, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I forgot what the, it's, they're, they're made by Etymotic something or other. And this is a really great recommendation. Um, well, you know, while I'm talking about it, I'll just look it up. But I, I bought them before and then lost them twice. <laughs> so I've never actually been able to. Is that a flaw with the earplugs? Is that why you're giving? Are you giving the? Do they dock a star the, off because they're so easily lost? They're the Etymotic Research ER20 ETY plugs, and they they tend to. Be, I, I did a lot of research on this. I haven't used a ton of other earplugs, but I've used crappy earplugs in these. And the benefit is that they do allow quite a bit of sound in. Um, without it damaging your hearing, so it oh that's good. It can reduce. Yeah. I think it reduces up to well, these probably are twenty decibel re- reduction because it's ER twenty. I'm guessing that's what the naming is about. But but it it gives it gives a good volume reduction while still retaining as much audio quality as possible. And they're not that expensive. You can get them for like ten dollars. So actually, they're nine dollars here. But um. But those are the on Amazon, Amazon they, Prime too. They are super weird looking though. There you go, guys. Well, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it looks like it looks like you have pipe, like little plastic pipes coming out of your ears. But if you can live with that, um, and then you won't go deaf. So, you but you're always gonna. I mean, you're whatever. always gonna look like you have earplugs in when you have earplugs, and there's not like a way to hide that fact. <laughs> like, there's not invisible earplugs or anything. But they do make. <laughs> that, there are ones that are made specifically for musicians and stuff that. Mm. Um, are gonna let more sound in and all that kind of stuff. So definitely worth it. Trust me. You really don't yeah. want to have ringing in your ears all the time. Yeah, that sounds like it sucks. <laughs> so another health thing that Dotches looked into this week. Yeah. Is what does it matter what kind of deodorant slash antiperspirant I buy? No. Oh, okay. Cool. Let's move on. <laughs> um, <It's- laughs> it ma- it matters in the sense that there, there are a couple considerations. It's not you know I I, I kind of just wanted to write the post and just say no because that's really what it comes down to. <laughs> One day I want to have a post that with a question at the top and it just says no. Like, that's <laughs> this would have been probably the most applicable one. <laughs> Because basically, deodorant is alcohol, and if you put rubbing alcohol in your armpits, that's going to do the job for most people. Really? Yeah, because it's it's they it's alcohol and perfume, and sometimes there are a couple other things in there that don't really matter much. Oh, for deodorant, not for antiperspirant. Not for antiperspirant. And this is a mistake a lot of people make because I mean because mm-hmm. we just kind of lump it all under the deodorant category, yeah. but deodorant is basically just eliminating odor, whereas antiperspirant yeah. stops you from sweating. Yeah, deodorant deodorant just dries out. A little, dries you out a little bit and also kills odor causing bacteria through the alcohol in it okay. and so that's what that's so you can just use rubbing alcohol and put it in a spray bottle and spray it on your armpits um some people also said that that you know if you want to if you want to stay drier you should shave your armpits and there was some discussion about that <laughs> i don't want to do that because it requires time it sounds and, prickly and yeah and, and and it would itch but so as I, I don't better application. I don't really have an odor issue, but I do tend to sweat a lot, and so mm-hmm. like I go for the antiperspirant because the it's, the smell isn't really an issue. I just use unscented antiperspirant. Mm-hmm. What's the deal with that? Well, there are two things on the scent. You don't unscented is good because if it kills the odor, you don't need to cover up anything. Like it's basically like wearing cologne and deodorant. The right. deodorant is separate from the smell. They just put the smells in there so you can smell nice. But it actually kind of bugs me that it's so hard to find an unscented deodorant. So yeah, I actually had to buy is. a women's deodorant. We'll just get rubbing alcohol. It looked really unisex, but they just changed the design so it's purple and flowery. And I just bought six <laughs> of them on Amazon. I felt really <laughs> stupid. 
if it works it works <laughs> i yeah i um there 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 are not a lot of men's unscented products oddly, yeah but there are they, a lot of unscented products period yeah but the the thing is there, there's also research as, cover, that covering up your own natural scent can be bad for i mean if you're for romantic purposes because you release pheromones and if those are blocked or or your natural scent is covered up someone can that you're dating can or, or married to or whatever can get used to your scent uh, as this perfumed scent and then if you change deodorants or stop using it then they you smell weird then to them. they will leave you um, <laughs> this tends to be more of an issue with women than men as in women are more sensitive to it than men are right um, so this is so if you're a man you might want to be careful about how you smell more <laughs> but <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, uh, the main thing is when it comes to antiperspirants, though, to get back to that, antiperspirants, there's discussion over whether or not they can cause cancer because of the aluminum that's used in them and is absorbed into your skin. There's been research done that shows that, that believes there's a link to it. Mm -hmm. There's also, um, there are like the National uh, Cancer Institute in the U.S., can't find it says there's no definitive link as well so there's a lot of um there are a lot of people who feel very strongly that it's bad and a lot of people who feel very strongly that it's an overreaction as with most products that are on the shelf today so i think what, what it comes down to and what we said in the post was that you really have to make a decision on whether it matters to you if you don't need antiperspirant um then don't use antiperspirant there's no benefit i mean like you you may like you may you may enjoy not sweating a little under your arms or whatever but it can you know it, it's capable of blocking your pores if you put too much on same goes for deodorant really but um it's more of an issue with antiperspirant because it's thicker but the uh but unless the only time you really need to consider antiperspirant or whether or not it's worth it or worth the risk is if you have a big sweating problem and it's causing you serious issues in your life so if you don't have that um then don't worry about it and just pick like the most inoffensive deodorant you can but I mean, really, just spray rubbing alcohol under your armpits if you don't. But really make have sure much that you issue. don't have a problem before you give up deodorant. Yeah, I'll just say that for the sake of the person sitting in the cubicle next to you. Mm. Yeah, no one's gonna if tell you. You need to wear deodorant. You should probably wear it. I, as as I can say uh, from living with someone who worked uh, worked for a man who smelled terribly uh, due to a rotting flesh wound in his leg. Um, and I eventually quit her oh, job man, because she couldn't get please it. Please let this not be the tangent we go off on this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have to get into it too much. But the but basically, it, it was an unsolvable smell problem for her because he was the boss, and her other boss was like, no, you just have to deal with it. There's nothing that can be done. Oh, my God. Um, but she never said anything to him. And so a lot of times, people won't say stuff to you if you smell really bad. So... You know, find out if you smell bad. So you give without... yourself the old, the, your own yeah. smell yeah. test. Just yeah, but again, check. as I've said probably about twenty times now, rubbing alcohol uh, for people who don't have a serious issue that that can just that can be fine. Um, that can that will it does the same thing and kills the odor causing bacteria and is a lot cheaper. Cool. But then you won't smell like an ocean breeze or a sea ocean sense <laughs> well i can't tell whether you're naming deodorant yeah. smells or gatorade flavors <laughs> but that's yeah i mean that's really only that's really only beneficial if you're gonna like date a mermaid isn't that the dream well think about it i'll let you handle that one as you write your life story you're far from finished are you looking to close the book on your job maybe turn a page in your career be Continued 
at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Let's move on to some questions. <laughs> Oscar writes, I'm a freelance graphic designer and photographer working mainly in the event industry. And he wants to date a mermaid? <laughs> that's, what a coincidence. Yeah. What a good segue. No, that's not what he's wondering. A close cousin of mine's boyfriend is also a graphic designer and photographer. He put that in quotes. I'm not sure why. So whenever he has any question about design and photography, he comes to me. I've worked hard to find vendors and searched long and hard before I purchased the equipment I have. He has the exact same photography outfit, and I've put in a lot of time learning my trade. I don't feel okay giving him all of the information I've worked hard to obtain, and I don't want to openly say I'm not going to tell you because that will cause problems with my family. What should I do? Okay, so... I'm a little thrown off by this question. Yeah, because... I mean, he had to obtain this information somewhere... So yeah. it's not like it belongs to him necessarily. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think there's anything wrong with with giving up this information. I mean, you're. I mean, you're helping out of helping out a brother. You know, yeah. like it's it, just like we all learn things from places. It's it it's it's nice that you're there to give him this information to kind of help him out. I don't know why you. I, you know, I don't know why. Um. I just don't understand the reasoning uh, that because it was really hard for me to learn, I should make it really hard for other people to learn too. I guess maybe I'm missing some of the logic there, but and and if it's a, there's something to be said for if he was like your competition, you know. Well, but I don't but think that's still, really an issue either. Yeah, but the thing is, you, I, I think the important thing to remember, and a lot of people, a lot of people forget this when they're go, when they're working in an industry, is that it's good to help people because you help them, and eventually that you you know in a way you're paying it forward because mm-hmm. they may yeah. help you someday, and you kind of have to rise together because let's say he gets he he becomes really good and starts getting some jobs and gets so busy he can't take one, but you on the other hand are not. You know, you're having trouble finding jobs at a certain period in your career. You can say, "Hey, I don't have time for this job. Can you do it? Um, do you do you want it?" And yeah. then you get it. You know, the more people you help, uh, and the the better rapport you have with other people in your industry. I think it it, it makes it people want to help you back and want to help you find work. Um, and so there's really. There's really no downside. He's not going to, you know, steal work away from you necessarily. And yeah, unless he's like the devil, in which case, like, maybe. But the, and the, this is the other thing about it, too, is if he's family, I don't, you know, you're the, the even disregarding all of that, if you, don't, if you just don't want to give him the information, it's probably still more worth it to not cause problems in the family than mm-hmm. it is to be gaining whatever it is you're gaining from not telling him. Yeah. But it would be my opinion. So here's here's uh, a potential other side of it. Oh sorry Thorin, did you want to say something? No, I was actually going to I was wondering what the other side would be, so let's oh. start it. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> um the the I, I think the I think the other side of the equation is essentially if you sometimes you have, you know, annoying friends or family members who just ask for stuff constantly and don't ever and are just take 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 and they waste a lot of your time and you don't want to help them again and again and again and so i think it's fair i don't i don't think hoarding information is a good thing but you but you you have a right to your time and 
to spend your time doing things other than helping people constantly. So if he's mm-hmm. always asking for information and taking up a lot of your time, you can say, listen, I can give you this information. I don't, I don't have time to go over a lot of these things in depth with you and teach you. You're going to have to learn some of that stuff yourself or find, uh, or find a professional uh, who teaches professionally, I mean, uh, to show you how these things work. So That's a very good point. Yeah, and I think that's the part that I'm kind of getting caught up on is if this if he's kind of looking for a, a mentor here, mm-hmm. or if he's really just looking for like the hard information. Because that's I, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't just share that, even with the stipulation of like, yo, here's all this stuff. I can't you know walk you through this, but take it, go, good luck. <laughs> give give a man to. F- a fish and he'll eat for a day, teach a man to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime or whatever the quote is. Yeah. I, I think a really good analogy for this that that kind of reminded me of that's something I think all of us and many of our listeners can also identify with is um, family and friends asking for tech support all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. yeah, You know, I get family and I'm usually happy to help people, but it's just like all the time people are asking me stuff and sometimes a i just don't know and sometimes b i'm like i'm sorry i have a job and i'm yeah. working right now or like i'm out at dinner with my family right now and i can't answer this phone call and walk you through this thing that i barely know yeah and also sometimes people get lazy and call you yeah. instead of trying to figure it out themselves like, for yeah. five minutes you could also use google and so i think mm-hmm. that there's something to be said for being like look here i'll give you some of the resources i use here's a really good photography yeah. book i read or something and that'll yeah. that'll give you a lot and there's yeah. also something to be said just for experience yeah. is the best teacher and but it's also important to remember that there are some people to go back to your quote that you can teach to fish and they'll just still throw the pole in the lake so, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes there's just nothing you can do about that and you just kind of have to set you i think you still take the same approach where you send them the you send them the resources but say i don't have i like i can't i can't walk you through this but here's what you need to know and then they'll either just give up or figure it out or ask somebody else yeah, and and you have to like you have to let that go if it's too frustrating for you because you do have you got to put yourself first in these sorts of situations. I think when when someone's being really demanding of your time, you you do what you can, but within limits. Yeah. yeah. So there's kind of two sides to it. If it's about your time, and you kind of have a, some ways to deal with that. But if it's just about not getting up your information. Yeah, just I don't know. I I'd, I'd think about why why that is that you don't want to do that, or if we're or if we're missing something, call us back and let us know. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to like I don't want to be like you're a, you sound like a jerk because I <laughs> I assume you're not a jerk, um, and that you may <laughs> and this may make a lot of sense, but I'm just missing something from your email. So anyway, let's let's move on. We have a lot. Of, I think everyone asked questions about jobs and careers this week yeah we had a lot of good job career questions so we're focusing on that mainly however if you don't if you have an unrelated question or related question i guess it doesn't really matter um and you're listening to the show right now live feel free to post a comment in on youtube and we'll get to as many of those as possible we've got a few little questions i'm excited about answering a bonus a bonus feature this week um we we found uh we're, we're testing i should say a way to route the audio of the voicemails into the live YouTube broadcast. So those of you who are are listening can hear it. And we have a particularly long voicemail this week, so we want to make sure you didn't have to sit for a minute and a half in silence. So this is if it's a disaster, though, it'll be an excruciatingly minute and a half long disaster. <laughs> yeah, but we're gonna we we you might you might notice if you're watching live, you can see uh, another me that doesn't have any video. <laughs> Which is space? Well, yeah. I don't, what is it? Oh, okay. So yeah, that works if we're on the. Okay, let's play the voice. Yeah. Or that way. Yeah, but here's the voicemail. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Mulner106. Uh, I'm just wanted to say I'm a great fan of you guys' show. Um, my question is kind of this. My girlfriend has a pretty crappy job right now. She works with Dillard's, which is ranked one of the top 
worst jobs to work for in America um, on some websites that I saw. The problem is uh, they're having problem, trouble. They're having an issue with her dress code, and it's I think bad. She broke her foot a while back, and so she's had to wear comfortable shoes, um, including sneakers, which they're not a fan of. They're not bad sneakers. They're not like big flashy colors. They're dark, you know, good-looking shoes. Well, eventually she got a note for that, and uh, you know, so that was kind of out of the way. But now they seem to have moved. You know, they're always looking for something, something that's wrong. Like today she called up and she was really, you know, distressed today about how they were commenting on her pants and they weren't jeans. They kind of looked like jeans, but they weren't, and so they were giving her a hard time saying that they were going to send home to make her change. Um, my question is. Uh, what does she do? Like, what's the best course of action? Because she doesn't, she need, you know, she doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. She doesn't want to, you know, put her job on the line. But the manager of the store is out, and the assistant manager seems to be on some sort of power trip. Um, you know, she's just kind of afraid to make any big movements, or you know, just a little worried about it. Anyways, um, I hope to hear from you guys uh, soon, and uh, keep up your work, guys. Bye. Right, so I had no idea Dillard still existed. Oh, it was Dillard's. Okay, I couldn't understand what he was saying. And I, I was know like, what that oh, is. that's good, because then maybe no one will know what the company is. But What's Dillard's? <laughs> it's a department it's like store. A, yeah, like a JCPenney or... I actually have some... Something. I, my, I've never heard of it. My, um, I think great aunt, she has sued Dillard's once. Cool. So, <laughs> I guess that, that goes along with it being a bad place to work. Okay, well, that I can understand why they would I have a dress code a, there. a sweeping generalization about this company I've never heard of, but... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I've been to a couple of them. I never. But had but regardless, an issue, no guess, matter but. where you work, sometimes there's always a a jerky mm-hmm. boss. There, you yeah. know, I'm sh- sure we've all worked with a jerky boss before. Mm-hmm. But the dress code makes a little bit more sense in the context of a department store. Yes. Than it would like if it's an office and they're saying you can't wear comfortable shoes. Sorry, you broke your foot, but deal with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they should. That's still horrible. That it's that it shouldn't be an issue regardless. But I can understand why they might be more specific about it. About a, clothes. It's yeah. not just like them going on a power trip. It's a it's department a, store. Yeah. Um, but that said. that's Yeah, that said, there are, I mean, some, some probably a lot of managers and bosses are just kind of not so good at managing because they feel like they have to micromanage in order to justify their existence. It's, it's just a thing. It's it. it when you when you're in a position of power and you're suddenly not doing the regular work anymore, you kind of you kind of are in this position where like what do I do now? I have to do stuff, and then you have to <laughs> you have to come up with ways to control the situation. Good bosses will you know will know when to back off and when you know and when to uh, step in, but that's a I mean it's a it's a tough job. It's so there's some understanding that has to exist there too that being a boss isn't easy either because you're in a position where people generally won't like you anyway um, or are afraid of you because you can because you are the difference between their job and not a job um, but anyway there are, there, are, there, are, there are a lot of st- stressful things that come with being a boss and a lot of people fail at doing it properly but so, we've written about this before yeah you when you when when people aren't doing well you kind of have to up manage which is saying you manage your boss as they're managing you you're gonna gotta do the same thing with them um, and so you have to, and when they're micromanaging, you have to find ways to demonstrate that it's not necessary. With a dress code, it's kind of difficult. And when it comes to the footwear thing, I, ha- I, I would hope that she's discussed this with her boss or someone in the company that can have a, that can mediate a conversation between them if necessary. 
um, where where she says, I broke my foot, I have a foot problem, I need to wear different shoes. What kind of shoes are okay? What do you, yeah. what do you approve of that are comfortable uh, that won't hurt me? Because I think it's, I think that's a fair compromise. And if they have any issues with that, then, I mean, she's essentially, they're, they're setting themselves up for a lawsuit there. I was going to say, not that I, I really um, condone just jumping straight to lawsuit, but yeah. that's where you're headed if they're not going to, yeah, and they're going to be jerks about it. Yeah. And I mean, she doesn't yeah. have to sue or even threaten to sue. They should just know that that's not, they're, they're putting themselves yeah. in a really crappy position by doing that. <laughs> Yeah, that's what sounds kind of weird about this is I wonder if that if that compromise discussion happened of like, okay, we, what's the medium we can meet here where, you know, I, I, can't, I can't wear heels, I broke my foot, but I need to wear something. I don't know why I went jump to heels, but, um, you know, that, that compromising discussion has Thorin to happen. knows all about ladies' footwear. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> right. so, that was a really weird pause. <laughs> So we should really get those sound effects going. I know. So, but yeah, so the, the basic idea being you have to manage up a little bit, um, kind of anticipate problems and solve them before they happen. Yeah. I think po- is a big thing. Yeah. When possible. Sometimes, sometimes bosses just don't give you that opportunity. But <laughs> yeah. Um, and when possible, put, I mean, put people in, I guess in this situation that doesn't help, but if you do have a boss that's like this, the more you can kind of use someone else as an intermediary between your boss, um, I think that can help sometimes too. Well, I mean, even in this when situation, when it just comes to like doling out instructions and stuff, it can help mm-hmm. to just have someone else around when the problems are coming up. That's it, true. I mean, in one case, she got like a note. an HR representative. Well, but I mean, even even <laughs> if there are no HR representatives, if you have a have a coworker stick with you when you know you're going to be getting scolded for wearing pants that look like they're jeans but are not. Um, I have a friend who works for a company who will remain nameless because it's a big one, and. It and they they have a they have a policy where you can where they have casual Fridays but on where you can wear jeans but only if they're white or black, and no one sees these people. White they're, jeans, white jeans. Why are white yeah. jeans okay? I don't know, <laughs> especially after Labor Day. I mean, <laughs> you know. well, I mean this company. I'm, I'm actually I'm actually seriously surprised that that isn't that they don't have a after Labor Day policy because this company runs like mm-hmm. it's pretty old. Um, but the, but yeah, I mean they're they're really specific about this, and these people work in an office where no one ever sees them, so I I don't really know why it even matters, and it just it makes me really angry to hear about some of the stupid little constraints that are put on on workers when the thought isn't let's do what we can to make everybody happy, and put our best foot forward as a company, so the employees want to look the part and everybody wants to have a good time and people are having a good work environment but a lot of companies just think oh no every there's this kind of negativity around uh around management and that most people won't do their work well and a lot of people probably don't do their work well but it sucks when someone who is a good worker gets put in these situations so we can we could probably go on with a lot of different ideas uh we'll but we have some posts. We'll put links to the posts in the show notes so you can check out some additional advice. But, you know, there, it, it's a tough economy, but if this stuff persists and there's and not, not a whole lot can be done and it's just a hostile work environment, it might be time to look for different employment at a company that's a bit better. It sounds like that might be something she would have done if it were an option because otherwise why tolerate all this stuff? But 
uh, I, I think a lot of people get kind of stuck in a job and feel like, okay, well, I have to stay here now because I've been here for three years or whatever. Yeah. And but she could just be hard trying to, to look for solutions before she jumps to such extremes. Yeah. Because yeah. they're not, these aren't like horrible problems. It's just like, it's, really it's little stuff that, unfair. it's little nagging things. Yeah. But it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt. That to, over time are going to get really bad, but it's like, you know, in can, theory, they're solvable. It can make it it's a lot easier to take the necessary risks in dealing with these problems, though, if you have a backup option. It's true. So looking for a job doesn't mean you have to leave. It just means that you're ready to do something else it's true. if you have to. All right. Well, let's move on to someone else who was unhappy with their job. Thorin Klesowski. No, I'm just kidding. Underwhelmed Worker writes, I previously worked a job in the military that both taxed my mind and body. Now that I'm out of the military and working at my new job, I find myself underwhelmed with the challenge of the new job. I find myself complaining, contemplating alternatives daily, and I'm curious if you have any ideas. Do I quit in hopes of finding something else? Do I just suck it up and deal with it? What kind of options do you see for this kind of situation? So this kind of goes back to what we were just saying. Um, but basically his problem is that He's just not really feeling challenged by this new job that he has. Um, so, what what would you guys <laughs> say? What would you guys say about this? I'm, I think there are kind of two options. You can either ask for more challenge in your job, uh, try to get projects that you get to work on, and and ask for more responsibility, etc. You may not be able to get that but it's worth trying and talking to different people sometimes your direct boss isn't the best person for that you can always go above them or inside or maybe you want to talk to your or maybe your big boss is the problem and your little manager is not and you, so talk to different people and see you know see where you get with getting more challenge at work and there's, something, there's, there's something you've said for moving laterally within the company too yeah. kind of like if you don't like your current job but there are other positions at the company that you might be able to kind of steer your way into that could be useful too yeah i mean this might not be a company where there is a lot of room for that in which case the yeah. other option is look for other jobs uh, the uh what, what we read here says that there's that should i quit or should i stay at the job but you could stay at the job and look for something else and then quit too uh, if, yeah. especially if you're bored and unchallenged i would think you'd have time <laughs> get some time on your hands so <laughs> or you could try to get a high score in tetris which is what <laughs> i did at my old job <laughs> but there's also, I mean, there's there's also something to be said about old taking, job being yesterday at life. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but there's also something to be said about like taking that time that you're bored and learning new skills, which we've got to post about too. Mm. Um, because if you are bored and unchallenged at work, one of the best things you can do is try to take something else on. You know, whether that's going through your company directly and saying, "Hey, I want to learn this new thing," or kind of just sneaking it in on the side and doing whatever just to keep your brain moving. Yeah. Yep. All right. But before we move on, um, Ian in the uh, in the YouTube comments mentioned that Dillard's does indeed have an HR department, and gave as most link. large companies do. Yeah, <laughs> it, it makes sense. But now we have specific proof and a place to go. So thank you, Ian, and we'll include a link in the show notes for the caller. Cool. So what? Speaking of the YouTube comments, what? What do what, what live questions do we have? Well, to so some other news we didn't mention today was that. Um, 
HTC or Google announced mm-hmm. that they will be coming out with a version of the HTC One that has stock Android, oh. just like they're doing with the Samsung Galaxy S4. That, you were telling me about this earlier, and I was like, okay, that's nice. You weren't but I listening to me at all, were no, you? <laughs> well, you, I didn't realize that Google came out or is going to come out with one of oh. those. I thought I was. Li- thought I, I was just making was like, it up. It sounds like a nice idea, but where wouldn't is it that going be to come cool from? if it happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. So so now Google's it's actually, real. Yeah. And so someone oh, asked, um, "What's what's you know HTC One or the Galaxy S4? Which one is better?" Uh, I haven't used both. I'm not a huge fan of the, just the Galaxy series in general. I have held the HTC One in my hands, and it was love at first sight. It's really a beautiful phone. It's really and... like the best Android phone hardware wise I've ever seen. Yeah. Great audio. Great yeah. design. Beautiful screen. Oh, yeah, the screen's gorgeous. The form factor is quite nice. And even not on stock Android, the, what HTC... If, you, if, you're, if you're not talking about stock Android at all, I think TouchWiz versus... Sense. Sense, is it? Yeah. Um, Sense is better. Sense is better, even though TouchWiz has a lot of new, one. kind of more innovative features. Yeah. But again, you're not going to get any of that on this new Galaxy S4. Which, I really which one like, of those is like the size of your head? Both of them. Oh, okay. These are Android phones, though, and they're all the sides of your head. <laughs> but the HTC One right. seems a little bit slimmer to me. Maybe I'm yeah, crazy. Yeah, H- well, I don't know. Maybe it, it's because it's such a. Here's the big difference to me: the HTC One is made out of this really nice metal. It's really solid and and great feeling, and the S Four is made out of plastic, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, that's kind of the big thing for me. The hardware on the One is just incredible. Anyway, that's my personal opinion based off of very little use with the one and no use with the S4. But I've always just I've always liked HTC phones in general, and the one is the one is pretty highly regarded as the best Android phone right now. So we I think we don't really have a whole lot of questions. We have two Windows related questions that we could oh, do answer we? quickly. Yeah, I know I am um, related. I know some things about Windows. One, what do you think of Windows phones? Which I think we could answer quickly. <laughs> I will direct you to the review I recently did of Windows Phone, and you can see for yourself. I, we actually talked about it on the podcast recently. I thought I liked it until I wrote the review, and then I realized I hated it. <laughs> but you think it's good for some people? It's good. It is good for some people. It's good for people who don't really want, um, who want kind of in between a smartphone and a dumb phone. People who maybe want. Uh, want something more than just a flip phone, want to be able to access the web, access their email, but don't want to really deal with downloading a lot of apps and stuff like that. Windows Phone, is it's a really nice interface that's really good in theory, but hasn't been well thought out. And when you actually start using it, particularly if you're a power user, it gets annoying. And there are a lot of things that feel like it's missing or feel like just haven't really been thought through, even at this stage in the game. And that's yeah. kind of a huge bummer to me because I really want it to succeed and I really want it to be awesome because it looks amazing, but... Not, not quite. It's got, yeah, it's got some flaws. So and that's then, my, those are my very brief thoughts about Windows Phone 8. So then the other question is, will you guys update to Windows 8.1 and what are the highlights? I think... I'm uh, going to update. I don't think I'm going to notice a single difference. Yeah. I'm, I'm already using Start 8 as a start menu and to skip the Metro Start screen. I don't use the touch, I don't use the tiled screen for literally anything. I haven't even updated to Windows 8 yet, so... Have you even updated yeah. to Windows 7 yeah. yet? Let's be honest. No, I, I've always had Windows 7. On I'm on some computer in the closet so that you use once a year? No, on my on my Mac. Really? Yeah. You have Windows on that? I have Windows on this and the, and the other one. Guys, this is new information to me. It shouldn't be. I've had it since day I've one. I've literally never on my seen machine. you boot into Windows in my life. I don't. I run it in parallels. But sometimes oh. I have. I run them conjointly. 
The true parallels is really nice. Yeah, it's just, I, I, I've thought about doing a boot camp thing, but generally speaking, I just want to use them together. Yeah. So it makes sense to just have them running at the same time. I would, I would say go check out Microsoft's blog post about Windows 8. If you use the start screen and the, and the full screen apps, then you may see some differences. Um, but if you don't, you're probably not going to see a lot. But it's also, also a free upgrade. So but it's also cool. a free upgrade, so why would I not? Yeah, there's I mean, really just... doesn't seem like there's any harm in doing it. Yeah. All right. So. Well, so that's all for the questions. That is all for the questions. Let's move on to our tips of the week. Thorin, let's talk about yeah, bikes. Yeah, I have the, uh, we had a nice 10-point checklist for getting your bike ready to go, um, which is uh, pretty self-explanatory generally. It's a nice big infographic. And just kind of shows you what to look at before you jump on that thing and, you know, it falls apart between your legs. After your bike's <laughs> been sitting in the garage for the entire winter. Yeah. So, you know. Or in my case, tires. it was sitting out in the snow for an entire winter. <laughs> right. It didn't work very well once spring came. Yeah. Why? <laughs> anyway, cool. So <laughs> we'll link to that. Useful 10-point checklist. Thanks, Thorin. Mm-hmm. Um my tip was for Gmail this week, and this is another thing we didn't mention in the news today, and I'm not sure why we forgot about it, but um, Gmail released a new interface this week, kind of, uh, instead of, um, they kind of added to the inbox these tabs along the top for some of their smart labels, like promotions, so all the deals, emails you get will go into their own separate tab, form responses and whatever will go into their own separate tabs, social notifications. And so you have these tabs along the top. You can get this new interface. It's rolling out. You can get it by going to the little settings cog in the upper right-hand corner and clicking, I think, configure inbox. And then you can check it out. If it doesn't work, you may have to log out and log back in. And it's still rolling out. Anyway, so that's that. My tip was something that a lot of people didn't see on how to get the old Gmail interface back. If you don't like this tab interface, you can just go back to Gmail settings, go to inbox, and then from the drop down, choose anything other than default. Go back to, you know, starred first, priority inbox, one of those, and it'll let you get that multiple inbox view and reconfigure it like you used to be able to do. So very simple. Um, But I, you know, as with most things, Google, I assumed that once you got this, you were kind of like screwed and you were, you had it for good now and you can't go back, but it seems like they haven't even said they're there. It's going to be mandatory. They haven't said that switching back is temporary. So maybe that option will always be there for those of us who still really like priority inbox or really like having the multiple inboxes view. We can put like one label at the top and then have another category for the regular inbox and stuff like that. You mean the one person in this? It's just me. World. I'm the only priority inbox user, yeah. apparently. So, what are you gonna do? But they're keeping me happy. <laughs> All right, Dodgers. What was your tip? My tip is the opposite of simple. I'm gonna try really hard to explain this in a way that makes sense. It's really easy if you see it. So you might want to just mute me for the next two minutes and go to the link in the show notes later at 5 p.m. today. There's a there's a there's a video. Yeah, there's the a video that, that demonstrates it. it, but there's also a photo that demonstrates it almost instantly. Sometimes a picture is really, it, it's not worth any words in this case, but we're going to try. <laughs> so you can, you can create really amazing studio portraits outdoors with this trick. And it, you've probably seen portraits before where there's a, where there's a man or a woman uh, nicely, nicely lit um, on a black background. And they're they're nice and dramatic, and I think there's I think that famous picture of Steve Jobs is like that. Glamour um, shots by Deb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 
if you if you want something that's a if you want something that that's a nice photograph, you don't actually have to have a really expensive photography studio. You need a an umbrella, a photo umbrella. But you know, maybe if you had a black umbrella, you could get away with this too. Um, a, a wireless flash and a camera, and you can just set someone on a chair, put the umbrella um, in front of them, and put the flash to fire inside of the umbrella, so it will bounce right off the umbrella and back into their face. And then what you do on your camera is you turn it, you, you stop down the aperture so everything's super dark. So if you were to take a photo of anything else, it would just look like a black rectangle. But because the flash is really, really bright and firing back onto the person's face, it will light them up, but everything else will be black. So you could take a picture in front of a forest or a lake or your mom, and it would, and every, everything else would be black. So I still have no, I haven't watched the video and even with you explaining it, I still don't understand it all. Like I'm trying to picture it in my head and it doesn't work. So I'm just going to say, go to this post in the show notes and watch the video because I'm sure we'll explain it better. If you understand aperture and you see this, it makes a lot of sense very quickly. If you watch the video and you uh, not knowing any of these things, the video will explain it very quickly. So that is the way to go. Um, But basically you can take a studio portrait outside. That is the... That's what's amazing about it. <laughs> With this cool trick. Mm-hmm. So, do it. Cool. Thanks. All right. Let's move on to downloads. Thorin, you have a Chrome extension for us this week. I do. I have Silencer, which uh, silences spoilers on stuff. Whatever it is. TV shows. On, like, the entire internet? Uh, nope, just social networks. But, oh, okay. Um, yeah, and we've seen this kind of before, but the cool thing about Silencer is that you can download packs that block... All kinds of keywords. So if you don't want to see anything on Game of Thrones, there's like 60 keywords associated with Game of Thrones that immediately get blocked from Twitter or uh, Facebook or whatever. And Arrested Development is on there. That's incredible. Um, Which is important considering Netflix just dumped the entire new season. Apparently. Yeah, right. Yeah. I didn't, Sorry I didn't have an entire day to sit there and watch the entire season <laughs> in one sitting. Stop spoiling stuff for me, people. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, and you can obviously add your own keywords and all that kind of stuff. But the cool thing about it is definitely the packs, which are handy if you don't want to so know what happens. I have a question. Something that mm-hmm. I, I always use that extension social fixer to filter out mm-hmm. stuff like like really annoying political posts and stuff like that. Um, would this work for that, too, if I just made my own filter for it? Should, yeah. Cool. So, it's, I mean, so it's it's made for, like, spoilers, but it can also be like a silence any kind of annoying person post from Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Cool. So there's there's a bonus for those of you who don't watch Game of Thrones and Arrested Development. But do... But you should. Uh, but are annoyed by your... They're both awesome. Your crazy political friend yes. or uncle. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Not, I, that, I'm not talking about my I was, was going to say, wow, this sounds really specific. <laughs> <laughs> um... My pick is a program called DBC Task Manager, and it basically brings the Windows 8 Task Manager to Windows 7. Um, that's about all I have to say about it. For those of you that don't know, the Task Manager is one of the actually cool desktop features in Windows 8, and if you still haven't updated, but you want this Task Manager that's better organized, a little bit easier to read, has some cool new tabs where you can see graphs of your CPU, RAM, disk performance, stuff like that. This is just a portable app, no installation necessary. You run it, you can run it, you can, you know, you don't have to uninstall the Windows 7 task manager or anything like that. They they can coexist on the same system. So there's no reason not to check it out. Cool. DBC Task Manager is the name. 
Right, so my download is a lot of downloads, but you'll probably only download one of them. It's a list of custom firmware for cameras. And if you've been reading Lifehacker for a while or even watching slash listening to the podcast, you probably heard about heard us talk about CHDK, which is Canon Hack Developer Kit, and Magic Lantern, which is custom firmware for a few Canon DSLRs. And at some point in time, I think they even had a Panasonic rolled into it. But anyway, Canon's always been, people love hacking their Canon cameras, but they also apparently love hacking Nikon and Panasonic too. And there are custom firmware options for people who don't just have Canons. So this is a big list, which we'll link to in the show notes. That, big list. Yeah, that contains a lot of different custom firmware options. So if you have a different camera, um, or even if you have a Canon and haven't heard about this before, you can check the list and download custom firmware that will essentially add lots of really awesome new features to your camera. Uh, for example, on the 5D Mark III, which is kind of Canon's flagship full-frame camera, which records beautiful 1080p video. Magic Lantern just found a way to unlock raw video, which not only makes the dynamic range uh, much wider and therefore the picture uh, exceptionally better, um, but it also means you can record in almost 4K with this fairly inexpensive DSLR camera. I mean, ex- inexpensive considering. Relatively. It could do, compared well, yeah. to other DSLRs. Well, if you, well, not compared to other DSLRs so much as compared to another camera that could record 4K video. Right. Until uh, Blackmagic, I believe it is, releases theirs, <laughs> which is supposed to be pretty cheap. We've had a lot of photography tips today. We have a question from a photographer, We mm-hmm. had you had, and then you had a tip and a download about photography. I found... You've been taking a lot of pictures this week? No, I just kind of came across a few things. Um, these were both... those. The, my download and my tip both came from DIYphotography.net, and they had a couple of really good things on there, so... They're having a good week. Yeah. It's summertime. People got their cameras out. They're outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that there's finally sun again, people can mm-hmm. use their cameras. And wear sunscreen. And wear sunscreen. Yes. And wear earplugs. <laughs> And other such things. All right. Thanks, you guys, for listening to the show today. I'm pretty sure that's all we have, clearly. Um, if you like the show, please go rate us on iTunes. Leave us a review. That helps us so much. It helps people find the show. And, and you know, the better our reviews are, the more people want to download it and listen to us blather on about all of this ridiculous stuff. So um, definitely do that. Uh, if 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 you want to give us feedback on the show, positive, crit, uh, constructive criticism, whatever, you can contact all of us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, all sorts of social networks. You can find our individual accounts at lifehacker.com slash about. You can also follow the site and get all of these posts throughout the week instead of just during the weekly podcast at, at lifehacker on Twitter, facebook.com slash lifehacker, and google.com slash plus lifehacker. You can find the show notes for this episode in the description of the podcast. Uh, The show notes go up at 5 p.m. Pacific time every Thursday. You can also head to lifehacker.com slash the show for the show notes for any previous episode of the podcast. So that's it for us. We will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to ask us a question, send an email to tips plus ask LH show at lifehacker.com or give us a call at 347-687-8109. Keep your questions as short as you can so we can keep the show moving right along. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.